the Surviving Outside Sales Podcast, hosted by Mike O'Kelly, presented by Sales Builder Academy. The goal is to survive and thrive all phases of outside sales, whether you're getting in, dominating, or getting out. Surviving Outside Sales. Now on with the show. Welcome to the Surviving Outside Sales Podcast. I am your host, Mike O'Kelly. There's been a lot of talk about the business of sales, and it's what I call the area of the football field until you get to the red zone in order to close. And I don't believe it has been more abundantly clear that people need more help with the business of sales. So there's a local business that I frequent a lot. It's a brick and mortar store, and I frequent it a lot, and I went to it today And one of the basic necessities, the basic necessities was not there. It was overlooked. Now, you can say it was an accident. You can say it was a mistake. That's fine. But what you have to understand is you don't know. This is not the first time this has happened, by the way. You don't know when the first time that somebody is going to experience your process, your business, your service, what you have to offer, you don't know if it's the first time and what that experience is going to be like. So I go to this place a lot, okay? It's not a huge deal because about a hundred times before that I've gone, everything's been perfect. And there's only been twice where it hasn't. So right now it's less than 2%. If we're going with the 100 plus two, it's 102. Anyway, so it's very small. It's very minimal, but it's something that should never happen. It's a very quick fix. There's a process that needs to take place in order for this not to happen. I'm not going to mention what it is. The point of this is to make sure that your process is as seamless as possible. Does that mean you're going to be perfect in the beginning? Absolutely not. You're going to be trying things. You're going to be pushing your limits. You're going to be testing things. You're not going to be perfect in the beginning. Don't focus on perfection. Just you have to focus on trial. But what you have to understand is if you fall short, you have to rectify it and you have to make sure that it is solved for your buyer. You can't just say, oops, my mistake. What are you going to do to solve it? Because the other person has spent money. They have spent time. They have spent effort and they have spent a portion of their life invested in your product or service. They want the experience that you promised. And if you don't get that experience, you need to do something to fix it. The point is, when I started out, was you never know when somebody's first time is going to be. And the best way to make sure that you are as consistent as possible is to have a very sound process in place. If you're shooting from the hip and you're just making things up as you go, your experience after the sale for your customer, your client, it's not going to be great. And therefore, they're not going to refer to other people and you're not going to have anybody sell for you. You're going to be doing transactional sales one-to-one for the rest of your life as long as you're in this industry. The goal is to become a one-to-many seller, not a transactional seller. There's a lot of sales advice out there. The, the sale, sales as a business The whole premise behind it is transactional selling. It's closing. Going over objections, features and benefits, objections, hard close. 
That is sales as a business. That is transactional. Okay. If you're listening to my voice right now, you might be in the transactional world. However, almost a hundred percent of the people that have reached out to me that I currently coach, I've spoken with, they're not in transactional business models. I spent a lot of my time in the medical sales world, pharmaceutical sales world, lab testing, diagnostics. Yes, I was an enterprise rent-a-car with retail when I first started and I was a manager. Even that was not transactional. We wanted people to come back and rent from us over and over and over again. In fact, that was one of the things that they kept beating into our heads at enterprise. These are not trans, this is not transactional. They're not coming in to rent one car and then you want them to leave. That's what Hertz and Avis do. That's not what enterprise does. Enterprise wants you to come back, tell your friends, recruit other people. Even though that's a brick and mortar store, that was not transactional. Now, there were some branches, not run by me, but run by other people. There's a lot of branches out there across the country. A lot of branches were transactional. And it was reflected in their customer service score, their lack of growth, etc. So even within the the test market that was enterprise rent a car branches, there were some that did these sales as a business, transactional. And then there was the way that I was taught and I ran my stores, the business of sales, recruiting others, going above and beyond for the customer, treating such, creating such a great experience that they will tell their friends. Have you ever gone somewhere where the experience just knocked your socks off and you told other people? That is what you have to create in your sales process. The sale is just the beginning. That's the beginning of the work. Your goal with the business of sales is to create relationships. And I'm not talking about these fake relationships where they recognize you when you walk in the door. These are relationships when your chips are all on the table. Are they going to come through for you? When your back is against the wall, will they help you? Can you text somebody, call somebody, FaceTime somebody, and they'll answer as quickly as they can? That is building relationships that you can build upon. You can recruit other people. I've never treated any of my businesses as if they were transactional. Therefore, none of the sales advice of any of the quote unquote superstars of sales have ever worked for me. Because I didn't have the mindset. I was just going to do one-to-one. And that's all it is. One-to-one sales, off the top of the head, car sales. Life insurance sales. Solar panel sales. <laughs> you know, things you're only going to buy one of. You're not going to buy more solar panels. You're not going to buy another car from the dealership. In fact, I was looking at statistics where they estimate it's only like 3 to 5% of people actually go back to the same dealership and buy multiple cars. Perhaps if the sales professionals there didn't treat it like a close, just do anything to get the customer to sign on the line that is dotted, it might be different. People might be more loyal to dealerships, but they're not loyal to dealerships. That's transactional. That's how they're taught. That's how the sales professionals act. I'll be honest. I don't remember any, I don't remember any of the names of any of the salespeople that bought, that sold me cars. None of them. They were nice people. None of them stuck out. I didn't get any Christmas cards afterwards. Not that I should have, but you know, you know, my point, I didn't get anything. No follow-up. No, Hey, how's the car going? Hey, can you, 
shoot a video about how great the experience was so I can put on my social media, I would have done it for anybody. And, you know, if they had asked, I would have done it. But I didn't get any of that. Why? Because it's all about transactional. Unfortunately, that is what I see in the sales world. I see a lot of the advice is transactional, especially in the medical pharmaceutical space, which is mind boggling to me because you need to build relationships. You need to have people that are going to go to the mat for you, who are going to, who are going to help you when you desperately need it. Yet I'm still seeing the same tactics, features and benefits. Yes, features and benefits is a sales as a business. That's in the bucket of sales as a business, closing, features and benefits. If features and benefits worked, why do so many sales professionals not hit their numbers? Why do so many sales professionals have to leave and go to other jobs? Did you know the average tenure is 16 months for a medical sales professional? I'm specifically saying medical sales. It's what I know for most of my career. And when I say medical, it's medical, pharma, dental, laboratory. 16 months is the average tenure. For a VP of sales, it's 17 months. I'll tell you why. The reason why this happens is most of the training that people get, and if you're new to the industry, just watch. The only training you're going to get for the most part is you are going to get features and benefits training. Here's the feature. Here's the benefit. You're going to get product knowledge. That's it. That's all they're going to teach you. That is only 5% of what you're going to need to do once you get out in the field. Now, you can absorb some. You can be a sponge. You can figure things out. But think about how long that takes. I'm not talking about the seasoned professionals, okay? Back when I started, you got a lot of runway. You got a lot of leeway to grow, okay? Now, you don't. Everything is hyper-focused, quarter to quarter. There was a pharmaceutical company that openly, the CEO openly said, we're eliminating our commercial team, i.e. the sales professionals, the whole sales team is gone of this one company because they need to save money in order to launch a brand new product in January of 2024. That is the reason why it is imperative that you do better than what the industry is doing right now. You have to do better. When everybody else is talking features and benefits, you need to be going in the opposite direction. Your buyers, your prospects will notice something different about you. They'll notice you don't sound like everyone else. That was the biggest compliment that I got throughout my career. It wasn't, Mike, you're a hard worker. Mike, we really like you. It was the fact that they said, you are doing things and you're saying things and you're, and you're making me think of things that I've never thought about with any of the sales, any of the sales reps that came in with your product, you are completely different than all of them. I wore that as a badge of honor. I also wore it as a bad badge of honor when my competition noticed what I was doing, especially to their numbers. Again, I, I didn't really think, I didn't really see anybody as competition. You have to compete against yourself. Plus again, I always mentioned you compete against the status quo, having your buyers or do something that's not in the best interest of their future state. That's the worst. When you know that they're not doing something that's correct, it's going to hurt them in the long run. 
point being, you have to understand the processes, systems, and frameworks of running a small business. And it's the reason why when I first started, I talked about visiting this business and they had a glaring weakness today. And you can always tell about the process based on how the people working there react. I'm not too thrilled with how the people reacted. Is it going to change my habits? I don't know. I'm a very, I'm a very good customer. I've been through a lot in my life. So little things don't get me down. However, I notice things. I notice everything when I walk into a business, everything. I notice everything when I walk into a medical office. You should too. You should be a detective. When you walk into a prospect's office, a client's office, their place of business, you want to look at everything. Everything is a piece of information about that business, about that person. Their lobby, how busy are they? If you go during a quote unquote busy time and they're not busy, they're struggling. What does that mean to you? They need other sources of revenue. On the flip side, if you walk in and they're super slammed, it might not be time to do a 15 minute hangout where you're trying to get one more little piece of information, one little tidbit. Find out when they aren't as busy. Read the room. Take cues from your environment. Find out where the office manager is. Find out how many employees they have. Look around at the other products that they have. Do they have any marketing displays? Does it look modern or does it look old? Do they have old carpet? Does it look like it's in disarray? Does it look like it's just been renovated? If it's just been renovated, guess what? I can tell you that's at least twenty-five dollars to $100,000. What does that mean? That business just spent a bunch of money. They need to generate more revenue because no business wants to focus on controlling costs. No successful business. Let me take that back. Companies don't have a spending problem. They have a revenue problem. Okay. If you're a company, if you're a company and you're spending $7 million and you're only bringing in five, you probably need to spend seven. But what do companies do? They cut the sales team. Let's just cut the sales team. We just cut $4 million. Oh, look, we're profitable. Yeah, but you have nobody out there going to sell your product. You have a revenue problem. Everything is solved through sales. And how do you do that? You build up your business knowledge. You treat your territory, or if you are a manager, or if you're an executive, you train your people to run their territories like small businesses. They understand how everything is affected. They're not doing the hustle culture. They're not working in their business. They're not doing one-on-one selling. They're not just focusing on features, benefits, closing. They're actually trying to strengthen the businesses of the people that they're speaking with, the people they're trying to sell to. And then by doing so, you build a relationship, a relationship you can leverage post-sale by doing everything right to generate more business and have them recruit others into your sales world. That is how you grow. And that is how you grow quickly. There's only a, there's only a certain number of minutes and bandwidth you have 
as a sales professional during the day. If all you're doing is one-to-one selling, there's not enough time in the day for you to grow the business and tap into the potential that you could be having. You have to recruit others to sell for you. Your message has to be multiple places in your territory simultaneously. And the only way to do that is become a student of the business of sales. If you want to know more about the business of sales, shoot me a DM on LinkedIn. I coach the business of sales. I do not coach sales as a business. I coach things the right way, the correct way. So if you want coaching, if you want to know more about how to build a small business with a W-2 job inside of a company, reach out to me, DM me on LinkedIn, or you can email me, Mike, at Surviving Outside Sales. Either way, it's a great way to get in touch with me. Thank you so much. I really do appreciate it. I hope everybody has a fantastic rest of their day, and we'll see you tomorrow. Surviving Outside Sales.